One of my favorite books of all time, really, is a book called What Jesus Started, written by Steve Addison. I really love how he lays out the, the ministry of Jesus in a way that is uh, tangible, in a way that helps us understand uh, how Jesus went about doing ministry in his time, in his communities. But one of the things you see immediately, and that is so striking about the ministry of Jesus, is that Jesus was always on the move. He was moving forward, and in fact, in Matthew chapter 9, it says that Jesus visited every town and village in Galilee. And so you see that if you wanted to follow Jesus, you better get moving because Jesus was on the move, as Steve Addison says. And it's just so powerful to understand that Jesus was on the move and he was t taking the 12 disciples with him along the way. He had gathered these men up. He had uh, gathered these men who were fishermen, who were tax collectors, who were people that would not ordinarily be assumed as leaders in their community or leaders especially in the religious realm. But yet Jesus saw in them something that was far more than their worldly qualifications would have would have showed. And that is that they were passionate followers of Jesus Christ. They were willing to go and willing to do whatever it took to reach their world for Christ. Especially after Jesus was resurrected from the grave and they realized the fulfillment of who he was. They became powerful in word and deed as they spoke boldly and as the Holy Spirit empowered them to reach out into their community. So while Jesus was on the move, he was also intentional yet flexible. He had a lot of harsh words to say to, to people whom he saw as hypocrites, like the Pharisees who proclaimed a righteousness that they didn't actually live out in their daily lives. They proclaimed to be better than everyone else. Yet Jesus said they were like whitewashed tombs. They were beautiful and white on the outside, but dead bones on the inside. They were like a dirty cup that was dirty on the inside, but yet looked clean on the outside. And Jesus always had harsh words to say to those who thought they had it all together, who were prideful and arrogant in the way that they lived. But to those who were humbled, to those who were struggling, to those sinners who knew that they were sinners, Jesus always had compassion. He always had time for them. He was willing and able to speak to them. He didn't let them off the hook with their sin, but he was compassionate in the way that he called them. And those people became some of the most passionate followers of him because they had received possibly the most grace in their changed lives. And so I look at this book as a as a plan and a strategy for ministry. As with all books, there's things in it that I really love and things that I would debate and possibly disagree with. But I love the philosophy behind it, that God is at work around us every day, that God is inviting us to be a part of the work that he is doing in the world, and that God is bringing people across our paths that he would love for us to encounter to talk to, to walk alongside, to share Christ with. And oftentimes you see in Scripture, as Jesus said to the disciples when, they, when he sent them out two by two, that they were to go to the towns and the villages to encounter people. Most of all, they were to look for the house of peace. If they didn't find any peace in the household, they were to brush the dust off their feet and keep on moving. And as Christians, we're not very good at brushing the dust off our feet and keeping moving 
We like to spend too much time trying to convince people who really don't care to care, to be interested. But yet I think the ministry of Jesus would show that there's some people whose hearts are turning, who are hearing the call of God upon their lives, who are listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the world, and who are starting to open up. And those are the people of peace who may just possibly be interested in having a conversation about Jesus. Steve Addison also points out in this book, What Jesus Started, that the methods of the early church were surprisingly haphazard. They were not well-oiled machines who had their plans together. They went out and they reached people for Christ without instructions. Jesus didn't give them detailed instructions as to how to do church and how to reach their neighbors and how to reach their friends. In fact, Jesus, his commission upon the disciples was clear. But there were no instructions on exactly how to go about doing this. And so they had to find their way. They had to pay attention to what the Spirit was telling them and to what the Spirit was doing in other people's lives. And here are five points that Steve Addison talks about. One, God took the initiative. The missionary expansion of the Christian movement was not a natural process. It was not one planned out by humans. There was nothing inevitable about the process. And without exception, every major advance and every new breakthrough resulted from God's intervention. Secondly, God worked through his people. And we see in Acts chapter 2 that 3,000 Jewish people came to believe in Jesus Christ on that day when Peter preached that first sermon. The message about Jesus was clear and thousands responded to him. But that also meant that unnamed believers, these Jewish Christians, were now fleeing persecution and they were going all throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, Caesarea, and even to the further outreaches around Rome. And God worked through the apostles and the early church leaders and these ordinary believers to reach the world around them. Thirdly, God prepared persons of peace. Jesus had trained the disciples to enter a new town looking for that person of peace or that household of peace. That is, they were looking for someone who would welcome the messenger and the message into their community. In the book of Acts, there are many examples of the gospel spreading through relationships with people. Cornelius, Simon the Tanner, the merchant Lydia in Philippi, the Philippian jailer, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue in Corinth, You see, God had prepared these people as persons of peace that had peace in their hearts to welcome in strangers, to have conversations, to be willing to discuss. And fourth, God moved them on, that those early Christians were always on the move. Many new believers at Pentecost returned to distant lands where they shared their faith and formed communities with disciples. They took their newfound faith they received on the day of Pentecost back home with them wherever they had come from throughout the Roman Empire. They wanted to share with their friends and their families and their neighbors about this good news that they had learned about Jesus Christ. And number five is this, that God used unqualified, inexperienced, and under-resourced people. Think about who Jesus had as disciples and apostles. Think about where they had come from, their lack of education. I love Acts chapter 4 verse 12, where the leaders of the synagogue recognized that they were unschooled and ordinary people, but that these men had been with Jesus. Their funding was limited. There was no centralized, organized structure. There were no professional 
priests or church leaders or religious leaders. There were no Bible colleges or training schools for ministry. These Galileans were not well-trained. Jews were cultural outsiders anytime they left Jerusalem. The political and religious powers were against them. There were no historical precedents for what they were trying to achieve and what they were doing. The disciples only had Jesus as an example. They only had Jesus, his teachings, his messages to them, the assurance that came through the death and resurrection of Jesus. They had his authority and they had the power of his Holy Spirit in them. But otherwise, they had very little in terms of what the world had to offer them. I get excited when I, when I look at this and I remember what those early disciples did. They relied upon God. They were asking God where he wanted them to go. They were asking God who, with whom he had prepared for them to encounter. And they knew that God was working with them, that they were co-workers alongside God in his work of restoration and renewal to the world. They knew that because of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, that they were now part of the family, the family of God, co-workers with God in his mission to reach the world for Christ, to save the world, to offer the world something that the world had never had before. It was part of God's plan, his plan from the very beginning to bring Jesus into the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That was God's plan. That was God's initiative. That was and that is God's desire for the world even today. And he's asking each one of us as his followers to go out into the world, not with a super well-organized plan, but with a willingness to go to live with an awareness of what God is doing around them, to live with an openness and a willingness to step into where God has invited them to go, and to have a willingness to have a conversation, to look for that person of peace, to be willing to break into our schedule, to be willing to have that conversation that you didn't expect, and to simply invite others along on the journey.